Hello and welcome to the podcast of Revival Fires. We're so pleased that you've chosen to tune in and listen to this message. And our prayer for you is that it will bless you, it'll lead you to an encounter with Jesus Christ, and it'll set you up for revival. This message by Trevor Baker is entitled, The Call. We'd love for you to get involved and join us on this journey of revival. Visit our website, revivalfires.org.uk and find us on all social media platforms. We can't wait to connect with you. I feel like a bird set free this morning. You know, I got my um, get out of jail free ticket this week and uh, got early release and it's so good and really good also that Anna and Ryan as they make their way back this week from France they won't have to isolate you know it says the breaker goes forth and opens up a way you know I feel that we've been opening up a way for them so that when they come in but it really is great to be back with you this morning and uh, we know we're starting a new series this morning and it's called The Call and, you know, one thing that happens when you go away for an extended period, you know that most years we try and take July out. And that's because we've got a lot of celebrating to do. It starts on the 14th. This is just to let you know. You can still give a present if you want. It's my birthday. Okay. <clears throat> then the 15th, it's my grandson's birthday. Then the 16th. It's our anniversary. Then the 17th, it was my dad's birthday until he transitioned into glory. Then on the 18th, it's Nat's birthday, my son-in-law's birthday. So we just have a sort of, you know, it takes us a month to get over it. Well, it takes us two weeks to get up to it, and then it takes us two weeks to get over it. But it really is good. But more than that, it's so that we can just clear our heads and open up our hearts in new ways so that we get out of the grooves. Anybody been in a groove? I can get in a groove of thinking. I can get in a groove of ministry. As much as we want to hear God, you know, we can get on a track and then it's very difficult to get out of it. Do you know the difference between a groove and a grave is six feet? You keep going round a groove long enough and you end up, you know, in the grave. And, um, and so usually the month of July is when we just take time out just to be with each other and to just seek the presence of God. And listen, I'm not talking fasting and praying. I'm just talking relaxing and allowing God to speak, to speak through different environment that you're in. And, um, you know, and because of that then, is that when you come back, you come back and there's, there's something that's hopefully fresh. And what we break into, it's so that we open up the way so that you can come and break in to the new things that God wants to do. And I do believe that we're in a time where God is going to be doing new things. And, and that's exciting and don't ask me at this moment, well, what are the new things that we're doing? But I believe that the shoots are there and we just need to keep growing. You know, and that over the last few weeks, we've had some great ministry here. And, 
Um, even though we've been away, we were able to watch most of the meetings. And um, just to pick up so we didn't disengage completely. And, um, you know, we heard Monto just bringing that message of that life in the spirit. And just, he just carries an excitement in God over his life. Now, what you need to realize is he's both had COVID this year and he had a massive um, four valve heart. Um, what do they call it? Um, not transplant, but. Bypass, thank you, thank you, Rich. <laughs> and I still need all the help, you see. And um, and so hearing him, you see, that's the backstory. And then to see him, really so full of God's presence. And then Ryan came and just shared about the fruit and how we develop that fruit in our hearts and producing that fruit of life within us. And, um, and then we had Gary. Did you enjoy Gary's message? I mean, it was, listen, I was so blessed, Gary. You know, I love the stories. You know, I felt I was in Florida with you, you know. And, um, and really the, the story of going to old places um, or places that you've been to and how they've changed, you know. It can be church this morning, places you've been to, but they've changed. And journeys that we're on that somebody has mapped it out for you. That's the wonderful work of the Holy Spirit. And Gary just opened up that to us in a wonderful way. And uh, just thank you, Gary. And then also, with regard to Tom last week. Did you like, like Tom? I mean, again, just... Listen, these are, these are the sons and the daughters in our house. You know, they really are. They carry something of what God has been doing here. And Tom talked about our calling that shapes our lives. The places God's put you, God puts you. You know, are we allowing the criticism to shape us? Or are we allowing the criticism in God's hands for him to craft us into what he has for us? And so, you know, we've had such a rich time over the last few weeks. And it's just been a blessing to be able to connect in to those things. And part of that then, with all that I was listening to, and particularly last week, I, I spoke to Tom and I said, Tom, have you got a message that's burning in this year? I just feel there's something about calling. And I felt that while we were away, that was the very thing that God yeah. had been speaking to me about with regard to my own life, with regard to Sharon's life. And we've spent time just looking at you know, this whole aspect of calling. And I wanted, and from that, I wanted to open up so that we can all enter into the call of God upon our lives. You know, and so often, don't we? We think the call is for certain people. And so then we, we have our list of the people. I'm going to go through that in a moment. But if you've got your Bibles, I want you to turn to Romans chapter 8. It is a fantastic chapter. But when you get to Romans 8, you've come through 
You know, this whole book where it opens up to us, you know, in a glorious way, God's purpose for every single one of us. The first three chapters talks about sin. No one is outside of that. It says we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But you, you get through chapter to chapter 3 and you think, God, can this get any worse? And then you have that dawning of faith and that a righteousness by faith has been revealed through Jesus Christ. And just as you're absorbing all of that, you come to chapter 5 and chapter 5 talks about that we are now justified, just as if I'd never sinned. And we come to a place where we, are, we know that we are accepted, that we have access into the blessing of life. You get to chapter 6, and it's grace. A grace-filled life. And, you know, you think... This is all that's there and you, by grace. That we, It's no longer according to our own works. And then just as you're settling into grace, you hit chapter 7 and that's when we're wrestling with, you know, the law and our lives and how it measures up. How does this life of grace measure up to the law of God? And so there's this wrestling that goes on until you enter chapter 8. In chapter 8, where do we go from there? From the wrestling, chapter 8 takes us into the wonderful truth of resting. There is therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh or the law of the flesh, but walk after the spirit. See, there is a rest in that life of the spirit. And, and as you go through chapter 8, you finish chapter 8, you go into chapters 9, 10, and 11, and it's all about two types of people that are upon the face of the earth that God wants to make them one. And that is Jew and Gentile. And he wants to make them one. He wants the covenant promises he made to Israel to become the same covenant promises that he makes to us as Gentiles. And then there's all the practicalities of 12, 13, 14, and 15 up to chapter 16 where he finishes. So that's a little study through um, the book of Romans. But the passage or the verse I want to focus in on this morning as we come to look at calling. And that is Romans chapter 8 and it's verse, starting at verse um, 28. And it says, For we know that all things, that in all things God works for the good of those who love him and have been called according to his purpose. Let that take hold of you. Let me read it again. And we know that all things work for good for those who love God and have been called according to his purpose. So our calling is connected to a purpose. 
We're going to look at that this morning. I'm going to open it up, but over the next few weeks, you know, I said this morning it's unveiling and embracing our calling. I want every one of you to be able to embrace the calling of God upon your life today. So we look at it, who's being called? Well, you say, well, pastors are called. You know, prophets are called. And so you, you look to all the people in the Bible and you say, well, well, yes, they were called. You know, you, you can go through and you start to look at Elijah, called of God. You look at Moses, called of God. You look at David, called of God. You look at all these people and you think, but God, I'm not like that. You know, it's just little old me that's here. And I go to work, I'm not going to speak before kings or do this or do that. But I want you to know this morning that we can all be called. Callings are important and necessary and the difference lies in their function, not their capacity. It doesn't lie in the position that you hold, it lies in the function that you move in. And that's what I want to get over to you this morning. If I can get that across to you this morning, I've done a great job. And here, as I've been looking at it, who is called? You see, we start to look at Samuel, but Samuel was a child. And see here, what I want you to do is to connect in. We have children here. And so you look at Samuel, and Samuel, it says, was called. But what Samuel does, it opens up the way for every child to know the call of God yeah. upon their lives. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. See, one person opens up the way. Jude did that, a great job on um, Friday night with regard to the kingdom. And she talked about Malachi where she said, the breaker breaks through and opens up the way and the king goes before them or the king is at their head. And so here, when one breaks through, it means that we can all break through. And so there's Samuel who was a child. He was called to be a seer or a prophet. So it means that every child can know a call of God upon their lives. Also, there are youths, the disciples. They were world changers. And so here, that is youth. Youth have a purpose. And so we have to get out from being specific to seeing that they relate to people groups. And then we can put ourselves in there. You look at the old with Moses, a leader. So there's room for the age people. You know, so we don't have to think that we come to 65, 70 and we're retiring. The Bible doesn't talk about retiring. It talks about a call of God that follows you right through your life. But things change. Calling never changes, but the sphere with which you function in changes. And we'll come to that in a moment. And so you have, you have the, the whole area where you've got business people. You see, you see Lydia, who was a worker of purple. She had a business and yet she was there in order to develop houses of prayer. 
And so here you start to see that there is a purpose even for business people. You start to look at doctors and we have doctors and nurses in our church here. And you see, you see the Luke who is the doctor and God uses him in order to be a recorder, a writer of the scriptures. And so here is what happens even though he's functioning in one area, there is a call of God in another area. And I could go on. There is craftsmen, Aholiab and Bel, Beelz, not Beelzebub, Beelzebub, but um, Bezalel. And they were workers of metals and materials. And they were used for the establishing of the tabernacle and so here you have craftsmen you have people ordinary workers you know the people that you would see sometimes in the cafes and you don't see it often here but you see it sometimes where you have workers who come together and you see them occasionally opening up the bible and having a time where they're just talking about the lord with regard to their work you see so often we compartmentalize our lives to making it operate here and it should operate everywhere see what you are somewhere you're the same everywhere so if you are a church goer that's where you will operate. But if you are committed to the Lord and the call of God on your life, it will happen wherever you are. Yeah. And so here you have the Ethiopian. And the Ethiopian was a nation changer and was a political figure. And so even in politics, God uses people to open up nations. You see, we have to start looking at the call of God, not so much in certain people get a call of God. And so I don't, but we start to look at how people need a call of God that changes their whole focus of life. I wish I'd have written this quote, but I didn't. And it's by a man called Zig Ziglar. I don't know if any of you have ever um, read anything by him. But he's very good. And he says this. It's a, a calling is a rigorous commitment to a singular objective. How rigorous and committed are you to a singular objective? You see, Paul said, one thing I do. See, he knew the singular objective in his life. And so here, who can be called? I hope you're getting to realize now that we are all called. Yeah. Those who love God, it says here, and we know that all things work together for good for those who love God and who have been called according to his purpose. You see, and what you have to understand is call comes in different ways. Do you know, in these days, I am more aware of the inner voice of the Spirit speaking into my heart than all the externals. And I've heard the audible voice of God a number of times in my life, three to be exact. And, and so they are things that don't come all the time. 
And I question those who say they hear the audible voice of God every day. Because I believe that we should be in a place where we know the secrets of the Lord are with those who love him. And the secret is not shouted out from the rooftops. A secret is what's shared in the secret place. And so here, and I don't, you know, I do not decry anything with people who hear the voice of God. But when people have to hear the audible voice of God, I'm thinking this is immaturity. Because anybody can hear a shout. If I were to say this morning, Richard, he would know who I'm talking to. Do you understand? And if there were 30 Richards in the church, they would all stand up. But you see, it comes down to, see, we can all know the shout. But do we know the whispers of God? See, do we know what is whispering to us? I read a book by... Um, a guy called Malcolm Gladwell, a number of years ago now, and he used this illustration. I don't use it just because I don't use what's happening in the world to form my messages, but it realizes this point. And he talked about um, Sean Boltz. And he says, Sean Boltz, he shouts. His ability shouts out. You've only got to see him. The first time he ever ran at school, they knew he was going to be an Olympian. I mean, wow. Because everything about his life shouted. His skill, his ability that was innate in him was shouting out. But you have a... Let me just get her name right. She's still running today. And here you have a, um, a Shelley Ann Fraser Price. And they said with Shelley Ann, she whispered. And it was only the skilled trainer who saw what she had and how that could be developed. And do you know how they developed her to be an Olympian? They saw that she, her stride was too short. And she needed to extend her stride. Do you know by how much? By about 10 centimeters. Wow. But somebody saw that because it was whispering. And so what they did, they got her to extend her stride, and the rest is history. See, it's easy to hear the shouts, but God also whispers. If you don't believe me, think about Elijah. See, there was an earthquake. God wasn't in the earthquake. That's an audible noise and a shaking of the ground that causes everything that you put your trust in to be shaken. Sometimes there's a mighty wind. God wasn't in the wind. Then there was a still, small voice. And God spoke. See, I believe that still, small voice was the internal whisper of God in the heart of Elijah. 
I want you to know the difference between God's shouting and God's whisper in your life. You know, as you do that, you see God, God spoke just in ordinary terms. It says God said to Abraham, Abraham, leave your kindred, your family, leave your, your father's house and your family and your people and go to the land I will show you. And Abraham went. He was learning to hear the whisper of God. When he was about to, to um, kill or sacrifice Isaac, do you know what God did? He shouted. The difference was this. The one was, in terms of the, the, sh- the speaking, was a word that's called amar. That is just normal conversation. And it says that Abraham was known as the friend of God. See, there is a depth that I believe that we need to get to in the call of God in our lives. And it then doesn't come. But when he was about to do something that required his full attention, God shouted and the word that was used there was the same word that was used for when God called Moses. And he spoke to him out of the burning bush. And he said, Moses, Moses. And it was a word called kara, which means to shout in order to gain attention. See, is God getting your attention? And so there you have it with both um, Elijah and Moses and Abraham. You have times when God will shout, but it's more often when he is whispering and speaking to you as a man would talk to his friend. And it says that about Moses, Exodus 33. I think it's around verse 11. But it says that God would speak to Moses as a man would talk to his friend. Now, I don't know about you, but um, I don't have friends who come up to me and as they're saying, Hi, Trevor, how are you? You know? What are you doing today, Trevor? I'm thinking, whoa, just tone it down. I'm not in the car park. Do you understand? See, what's the difference? This morning we were coming in to church and we needed a shout. We were coming out of our drive. There was a bus on the traffic lights. There was a bus that was parked ready to turn when their lights went red. Our lights went on green. I was pulling out and a car shot by shot the light at about 80 miles an hour. And because I was just edging out, it missed us by about two feet. If I'd have just pulled out, you know, but it was the Shout! We heard a sound that caused me to stop. And then the car went by. And even the bus driver. You know? And so there are shouts when we need to hear the shout. You know, Peter, when he's walking on the water and he starts to drown, he shouts. And that is the scream. 
That is the screaming out from a place of deep anguish. And so here, I want you to get to know the way that God speaks. Develop the whispers of God in your life. Yes, be open for when God shouts, because when there's a shout, there is usually a major change coming. Did you hear that? A major change coming in your life. But you see, those changes usher in, I believe, 10, 20 year periods of time. We'll look at that. And so here, get to know God's voice. Not from the teaching. I mean, we can go through all the teaching, but it still doesn't develop in us. You know, you prophetic people who are here, don't go just for the extraordinary. Don't go just for the ecstatic. Go for developing that sweet, small voice because then it put weights on the word and not your glorified experience and testimony of what has happened to you. See, I could talk about testimonies where God has spoken and it would leave you, I believe, in a sense of awe and it, you would think, that hearing the voice of God is beyond your reach and it's only for prophetic people. Well, I've got news for you. If you think like that, it's not prophetic, it is pathetic. Because God speaks to every one of us. And we can all hear the voice of God. Jesus said, my Sheep know my voice. So I want you to get hold of that sense of God speaking because calling comes out of God speaking to us. Speaking to us in the secret place so that we enter into a fullness. We see more than we would ever see before. And so here, as we keep going through this this morning, it says here they're called according to God's purpose. So calling is always connected to a purpose. See, a call is a significant transaction between God and people. And that people believe that God wants to involve them in the affairs of this world. See, that is where you start to function. So where has God got you functioning at the moment? You see, it's one thing to give ourselves to the, the one thing. What is it that God's called us to? But I have learned over years that sometimes you just have to drop. And let go of just being so focused and pursuing of one thing. Why? Because there's something that needs to be done. 
And it may be outside of your remit. A Luke who's a doctor needs to write two books. But he wasn't called to be a writer. Well, no, he was called to be a writer, but he had an instinct, a function to be a doctor. See, know the difference. See, that's part of the unveiling. I want to unveil something for you today so that you can embrace. If you look in the book of Nehemiah, do you know what? It had perfumers who were mixing mortar. Why? Because mortar was what was needed, not perfume. You had goldsmiths who were lugging rocks. Why? Because there was building walls that needed to be done, not making rings and ornaments. Do you understand? And listen, we have to also understand there are times when there were builders that became warriors. But you see, it wasn't the builders, it wasn't the the warriors who were battling that was required to produce the security that was long-lasting. See, the, the warriors were there to battle when the peace was being disturbed. But you see, the community entered into rest once the walls had been built. And so there are times when we ditch things or put things aside because it's more expedient and necessary that I do these things. Sometimes in church life it's like that. We have to lay aside certain things. I know there's times when I've been here And if you ask Tom, there's times we've had our arms down the sewers up to here. Why? Because it was more expedient. Why? Because if we didn't, the place would be flooded with sewage. You know? Things just need to be done. You know, all of those things. And so let's not be so focused that it cuts us out. You see, it's so easy to think, well... And I'm not getting on at the doctors. But a doctor could say, but I'm here to look after people. And yet God says, but I want you to write an account of the work of Jesus and the work of the Holy Spirit that will last for eternity. Can you see? And usually with a call, God is not that concerned with your human abilities. If you look at the people who are called, he calls a shepherd boy to rule a nation. He calls a murderer, though I don't want people to get into (laughs) doing bad stuff. But he calls a Moses who was nearly killed as a child, then became one who killed others. And then he lived the far side of a mountain, looking after sheep, away from everybody. And God says, I want you to lead my people out of Israel, out of Egypt. And he said, but who am I? I don't know how to speak. You see, listen, God 
is not looking at your curriculum vitae. He's not looking at your CV. He's not looking at your commercial ads. He's not looking at your business cards. He's not looking at what you've done in your life. God chooses people and he calls them into his purpose. And usually it's better when God chooses the weak and the foolish things to confound the wise and the mighty so that no human being glories in his presence. It's like, God, how did this get done? Think of Gideon. You know, a man who was in the wrong place, the wrong time, doing the wrong things. He was in a wine press, grinding corn. Now, that's not smart. And what happened was, God called him. And what did he say? You, O man of valor. See, God always speaks into your future. God will always speak into that significant objective that he's got for you and we have to then rigorously commit ourselves to it and so here the one thing if you were to turn to the new testament you would have words like lego i remember you know when i was studying greek at um, college and uh, the way that the the lecturer got us to remember was lego i say you know, let go, I say. So you get those. And another one was face, and it was prosopon. It means what you do in the morning is put soap on. Uh, and so he would give you all these little things that you would remember, all those, all these words and everything like that. But there's this word, lego, which means when Jesus said, but I say unto you. But then there's also words when he says callow, which means to shout. It means to raise an alarm. And so those are the same things that correspond in the New Testament. We'll look at some of these things so that we get to the juice of all of this with regard to hearing God's voice, how he comes when he shouts, and how there is the whisper. Because if we're going to be, as God intends us to be, a prophetic people who are men and women of faith, let me tell you, Abraham, it says, he declared things that were not as though they were. He moved in the prophetic I believe that every one of us has an anointing to be prophetic. Some people go on from that and they develop it into a gifting and a calling. But you see, and we'll, we'll look at some of these things, but no one ever takes these things upon themselves. It is always from a point of being God-appointed, not man-appointed. Anybody could say that, you know, I'm going to do this and God's called me to do that. But it's only when it's recognized by others. And that is usually within the community that you are aligned with. That's why alignment is so important. And so for us, looking at these aspects, you see, when we look at calling, it's different than a vocation.
See, your vocation is something that you can choose to reach out to. And sometimes our vocation is an instinct. I've got a great book on my shelf. I think there may be some there, which I read about six months ago by T.D. Jakes. That should have got some of you saying rah, rah, rah. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and it's called Instinct. And, and so there's some of us that have an instinct for doing certain things. And we've gone into a vocation. See, I believe that Luke was a doctor by instinct. And then he set himself up in order to be trained and equipped, in order to function in that. You can be an administrator. Sharon has an incredible gift of administration upon her life. Really does. Incredible gift. And knows how to put things in the right place. So if ever I lose anything, I say to Sharon, where have you put it? You know? And... uh, And usually she will answer back and say, well, I think it's in the last place that you had it. I'm thinking, Sharon, this is not helpful. (laughs) But you see, she has this gift of administration. She went into um, working in the bank and became um, somebody who worked, what was the title? A cashier in the bank. And, and then she worked in the post office. As she worked in the post office in um, Watch It down in Somerset, it was so that I could give myself fully to the work of the Lord. And we lived on the little bit of money that I got, which was, I think, £400 a month. And then it was supported by that which Sharon was bringing through her gifting and through that which was in her. But you see, God had a plan and a purpose for that because now she is not just an admit, she administrates kingdom things. And so what you have to do is take that which is instinct, which you have within you, why you do the things that you do, why you love to do those things, and then you open that up, submit it to God for him to speak into it where you receive a call and listen, it may not be anything to do with administration but the call of God will use all of that in order to bring you into all that he needs. So using the story of Luke the doctor, what would that tell you? One that knew how to record things precisely as they were. Can you see? So there was a clarity of thinking with regard to his recording of the things and the people that he would see. So when it comes to the recording of the birth of Jesus, there is none that is so clear as Luke. When it comes to Jesus' death on the cross, it is Luke that gets the full picture of all of that and records it. When it comes to the moving of the Holy Spirit, you see, it wasn't how he was going to dissect or how he was going to use his gifting in order to get the man who was lame to walk again, but what he saw, he recorded it in such detail 
And it was the detail that was part of his instinct, but it was the calling of God on his life that brought him into the purpose. And so with that, then you see what you have within you and the calling of God that comes into you is what happens that connects together and it produces your God-given purpose. Hallelujah. And so we all need those things in our lives. And so it's not, it's different to vocation because it goes deeper. There is a depth to the call of God upon your life. It's more expansive because it opens up far more than what you would ever realize in your own life. But also it acknowledges accountability. See, so that you're not left out there on your own. There's an accountability, um, one, to God, but also to the community. And Gordon Maxwell put it like this. And he said, my calling and my friends are the two hinges on which my life turns. See, when none of us are left to ourselves, none of us live independently. And it's so easy to make our gifting independent. And, you know, when we do that is all we're doing is we're focusing in on position. And, and with position is the only thing that you have is responsibility. And we can so focus in on our position and what happens is it's devoid of relationship. Because you relate to me because of my position, not because I've got a relationship with you, but when you relate to me because of my relationship or the function that I have see I'm building relationship and out of those my calling and my friends enable my life to hint and open up on those two things and so with that we get they a commission that comes on that calling when God speaks to you and everyone should hear the voice of Jesus you know over the last 12 months Sharon and I have been spending time just waiting on God as to what this stage of our life is going to look like and there are things that are the constants you know God called me to preach and to carry the spirit of revival right way back at the beginning and to teach and equip people those were things those are the constants in my life and so here we planted this church nearly 20 years ago and you're the fruit of that and so there are things that are constants that is the preaching that is that anointing for revival people gather here because there's a sense of that revival spirit those don't change but you see, over the last six months, particularly, I've heard the whisper of God. And no, I'm not moving on. I'm here for life. Amen. Dudley is where I live. It's who I am. It's what I have grown to love in terms of this town and the people of this community. 
and more so this community. But you see, over the last six months, two people have spoken to me, and uh, there was a guy called Inca, and um, he is the um, superintendent of the Baptist Union. Man of great um, stature in the country. He called me up and he said, Trevor, I would like you to come on to one of my Zoom calls that I'm doing. I'm gathering a whole lot of leaders together because I see you as a father of revival in the nation. And uh, I didn't think anything of it. Then I went on to the Zoom and, and he introduced me as, he said, I'm going to get Trevor to pray now because he carries that father's heart for revival for this nation. And he's one that has, has the long levity of running with revival. And he went on and said a lot of other things that I was felt so um, honored to have those things. And then a few weeks later, someone else called me to do a program with God TV. And they said, we want, would you be part of a prophetic group? And uh, you see, prophetic groups come in all different shapes and sizes. Would you be part of a prophetic group of leaders from around Europe? And would you come down to um, do some programs with um, God TV with me? Uh, the person was Betty King. And um, then Betty said, because what you carry, listen, is a... Father heart for revival. Now I'm thinking, I said this to Sharon, and Sharon heard it too. And, um, and I thought, God, what are you doing? Are you, are you shifting some things? And then while we were away, having all the young people here, they are young because they're a generation younger than me. Okay? And I used to say I could still outrun them, but... Um, uh, I don't think I could do that now, Gary, <laughs> or Richard. Um, but I've still got a lot of gas in the tank, okay, in the spirit. So, you know, uh, this, this is not, you know, I'm not going to go out with a whimper and a snuff, you know. So, um, so I felt, you see, the call of God, looking at the things that are constant, but also seeing how things may be changing. And then I start to connect with different leaders and they're asking me, could you come in and do this? Could you come in and equip us? Could you come in? All with regard to revival. You see, what I said at the beginning is true in my own life, in Sharon's life, a rigorous commitment to a singular objective. And you see, for us, the change is coming. And listen, all the things that God put there, the constants, are not changing. I will still study. I will still preach. First thing, opportunity I got, once I got out of lockdown, I came into here. And I had three days just in my um, study here, just preparing some of these things, seeking God for you, getting up this morning at early hours. Why? Because I wanted to hear God before I heard you. I love hearing your voice, but I'd rather hear God's any time. You know? And I love being around people. And so here, you see, our calls can change. And so there is this new call 
that I believe that God is putting on my life in terms of to father revival. Now that's exciting. And so here, and Sharon has really sensed a change coming for her, and she loves to do nothing more um, than to take hold of my notes. And listen, my, my notes are, you know, all over the place. You may say, yes, I know that, Trevor. Um, and she makes them into ordered manuals and manuscripts and things like that. And so she said, that's what I want to give myself to, not to administrating revival fires anymore. So I believe there's a change coming for Sharon. See, why? Because we're wanting to know the call of God. And the call that is constant, that is not going to change, but also the things that are changeable. So now she's going to move those skills into another area. Because that's where the calling of God is. Have I made that clear for you? And I believe for all of you, you see, we need to hear that call of God. It comes to every one of us. I said that at the beginning. Every one of us can hear the voice of God. Every one of us. It isn't just for prophetic people. It's for believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. They're the ones who hear the voice of God. They're the ones that God has called. No one else. Listen, before you're called to be a prophet, you are called to be with him. Get hold of that. And it isn't about going into the presence of God to get a prophetic word. It's going into the presence of God for him to speak to you. And when he speaks to you, you see, that's when your life changes. So that then as it changes, you can speak to other people. As somebody said this, I speak like a dying man to dying men. And that is he learned how to die to himself so that he could give words of life into the lives of other people. And so for us, let's get out of, we're living in a world, we're living in a church, we're living in an age where everybody wants a position, everybody wants to be in a place where they can be heard. And I believe God says, it's not you being in a place where you can be heard it's about you coming into a place where I can be heard in the secret place of your heart because that is what I love to do and that is to speak to my children. And so for us today, as I just bring this to a close today, let me just see here. So let's just take the opportunities that come our way when God speaks to us. So you may be here today and you may have never had that call of God spoken into your life. I believe this morning you could hear the call of God. I really do. Jesus says, come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. And I will give you rest. Yeah, that's the first call. And also he says in, that's Matthew 11, in Mark chapter 3, it says that Jesus called 12. 
disciples who would be with him. And those he designated apostles. Do you see the process? He called them to be disciples who would be with him. See, you can hear the call of God this morning, and the call of God is for you to respond to the Lord Jesus Christ and say, Lord Jesus, I want you to be the Lord of my life and the Savior of my life. And you've heard the call of God. If that resonates within you, let me tell you, you've heard the call of God this morning. See, there's another group of people when it comes to God's call. And that is you feel that God spoke to you, but you've messed up. And you feel that because you've messed up, that the call of God has gone. Let me tell you, God says, the giftings and the callings of God are irrevocable. Did you hear that? Somebody needs to hear that this morning because of the mess that they've got themselves into because it's irrevocable. God is not about to change his mind with regard to the purpose that he has for your life. So if you've messed up this morning, you need to hear David messed up big time had an adulterous relationship, had a child through the adulterous relationship. I mean, how bad is that? Then he goes and gets the man whose wife he'd had the adulterous relationship with, with killed. And then what happened? The child that he had produced was also sick and David dives into the dirt and starts weeping and crying for the child while it was alive. And the child dies. And David saw the men, because he hadn't eaten for days, and the men started to get concerned. And David looked across at the men, and he knew something had happened. And at that point, it says, David got up from the dirt. See, there's a time when you just have to get up from the dirt. Get up from the mess that you created. And listen God fulfilled the purpose that he had for David. What he put in David, what he called David to, even his messing up didn't cause God to turn away from him. Yes, he needed to be restored. And you can be here this morning and you need to get up from the dirt. You need to say, God, I'm here. I'm no longer going to languish in the things where I failed in my past. I'm coming into a new place with you. And you can be here this morning, you can feel that you've missed it. God spoke, but you didn't pay attention to it. I want you to know this morning that God will speak again. He spoke again to so many people in the scriptures. He didn't write them off because they just didn't respond the first time. God kept speaking to them until they got it. And when they got it, they began to do something with it. There was a man, I don't know whether any of you would know, of Transworld Radio um, program. 
Um, it was a radio program started back in the 50s. And um, the man who started it, God had called him as a 20-year-old man. And he was 65. Um, and he'd never done what God had called him to do. He went into business and lived his life without God uh, in that sense. But all was in him. He knew this ache. And then one day he had a, um, an accident and he was lying on his bed and he said, God, if you will give me back my life, I will do more with the latter part of my life than I've done with the former part. And he started Trans World Radio, which is still going today. And it beamed the gospel into China, Russia, all of those nations when the gospel was not able to go in. And he did more with the latter part of his life than he did with the former. See, with God, you never miss it. He always holds his call in his hand over you. So as we finish today, I want you to hear God's call come afresh to you. You know, don't waste these opportunities. You know, it says here, and we know that all things, all the times we've messed up, missed it, never had it, wasted it, we can come to a place where we embrace it because we know that all things work together for our good to those who are called according to his purpose. And I want you to respond this morning by saying, God, I want to take hold of your call upon my life. Listen, you may not know all the details, but you may say, God, I want to know the call of God. And so let me ask, is there anyone here you've never responded to the call of Jesus? In your life, you may have come to church many times, gone to church many times, maybe with your parents, at other times with friends, but you've never responded to the call of God. But this morning, you think, God, I want to, I want to hear you speak to me. And if that's you, just, can you just lift your hand, because I want to pray for you. Is there anyone here this morning? Just looking around. Thank you, Lord. Anyone else? You may be here this morning where you felt that you missed it. God spoke and you didn't respond. And if that's you, just lift your hand, can you? Because I want to pray for you. Anyone here you feel that you've missed it? Thank you, Lord. Anyone else? What about those who've messed up? And we all mess up because of that we go into a whole lot of just guilt in our life God could never restore use or whatever and if that's you this morning why don't you just raise your hand because I want to pray for you this is a new day a new day thank you Lord so why don't we stand this morning just stand up every one of us
Hallelujah. Put your hand on your heart. Father, I pray for everyone here this morning, everyone watching online this morning, that you might unveil to them the call that you have upon their lives. Lord, I pray that as they embrace the call, it would come with all the specifics that they need. And Father, I ask that this would be a time of change and transition, even for us at Revival Fires, as we transition into another season. A season that offers to us hope, a season, Lord Jesus, that releases a new expectancy of the future, which is our hope. And so, Father, I pray for an impartation right now in every person's heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Give the Lord a big clap, can you?